With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, Cam. Yes, Alex. So I've, I've got a kind of a cool story that I didn't tell you about leading up to this because I wanted to, to hear your reaction on here. Did I tell you that I, uh, I ran into a Braves player uh, out of a restaurant the other day? Oh, no, you did not tell me this. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, I, I went to go eat, and uh, and sure enough, uh, there was Travis Darnell sitting right over there. Um, oh. And it was it was the craziest thing. Um, do, you know, do you know where he was sitting? Uh, where? Behind the plate. I really don't know if I can make it through one more season of this, Alex. Dansby throws to first base. Is this happening? It is! The Atlanta Braves are world champions! Welcome to the Chatting Average Podcast, presented by Sports Drink. Here are your hosts, Cam Matthews and Alex Butler. Now you're all in big, big jump. Welcome to your friendly neighborhood Atlanta Braves podcast. Welcome to Chatting Average. I am your host, Alex, joined as always by Mr. Cam Matthews. Cam, how you doing today? What? Shaking bacon. Oh, man, it's been a minute since my bacon's been shaking. It's good to oh, hear that again. <laughs> I will take you on a date first. Though. Well, welcome to the season premiere of the third season of the Chatting Average podcast. Uh, as you guys know that if you were following along with us in season two, Chatting Average is brought to you by Sports Drink. Sports Drink is your digital water cooler for all things sports talk. It's a newly created internet community, tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports, which is why they're kind of perfect for us. We are also brought to you by Athletic Greens. It is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during cold and flu season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We are also brought to you by our latest platform, ColorCast. If you guys have followed along with the show on Twitter, you have seen that we go live on Wednesday nights on ColorCast. It is a live audio-only sports talk platform that is free to download and use. You can talk to me and Cam and tons of other sports fans on there. All you need to do is download the ColorCast app for free in the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. Follow me, 
at Riley's Rakes to be notified when my room goes live. We'll be going live on ColorCast Wednesdays at 8.30, so show up with your spiciest takes. Spicy. <laughs> so, like so Cam, what, what, what on earth have you been up to the last four months? Oh, you know, just staring out the window, waiting for baseball's return into my life. For, and building a house. That's, that's the what? one. Oh. <laughs> well, there's, yeah, yeah. Been, there's been far more progress with that second thing you mentioned. Oh, yeah, yeah. Somehow, uh, somehow I'm going to build a house and have it ready to go in between when baseball ended and when baseball will begin again. So there's that. <laughs> They're going to be locked out for long enough for you to build a house from the ground up by yourself yeah, with your bare much, hands. Pretty much with my bare hands. He's but, actually uh, cutting down the trees to build his own house, folks. I mean, I'm not the big chop man for nothing. He's a he's a manly man. Man. <laughs> yeah, you know. Well, living the dream, by God. What about you? Uh, I've you know uh, been been. Taking the time off from the podcast, which is uh, which has been nice. It was it was quite a stressful couple of months there towards the end of last season, if oh, you gosh. recall. Um, so uh, so so getting a getting a minute to to pull back was was quite nice. And you know uh, this this actually reminds me a lot of of our debut episode, the first episode we ever did. Why yeah, you born, asked- born in a bathtub? Born in a bathtub is what it was called because those words came out of Cam's mouth during that episode. Did, um, and that was everyone's listening's uh, quick warning that you never quite know what I'm going to end up saying because it's kind of right. a, it's just a steady stream of consciousness that comes out of my mouth sometimes. You know? Yeah. Well, the the reason this reminds me of our first ever episode is because Cam, I'm sure you'll recall we we worked really hard to build the podcast and and get it out there and we lined it up so that our very first episode would drop on opening day in 2020 yep and so that didn't happen obviously um and now here we are just two years later in the same boat we we scheduled this podcast to line up with spring training and there, there, there's, there's no spring training. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although the good news for you guys is that big news always breaks after we record an episode, and the owners and players are scheduled to meet yet again tomorrow. As we're recording this, tomorrow is Sunday. So by the time this episode drops on Monday. Um, odds are that uh, that we'll have a new collective bargaining agreement, and we will not have talked about it yet. Yeah, that's usually how this goes. Yeah. <laughs> and with our schedules tomorrow, I doubt we get an emergency pod in if that does happen. So if you're listening to this on Monday and the world is rejoicing about the return of baseball, enjoy this relic of a podcast for what it is. Yes. <laughs> so, so I feel like so many of our episodes can be looked back on and called relics now. Yeah, yeah, that that is that is fair. Um, hey, remember when we thought Felix Hernandez was going to have a resurgence in Atlanta? I was so sold on Felix Hernandez coming out and and pitching two hundred innings for us that year. Yep, I was convinced because he had like one good spring training start. 
Oh, he got the first spring training start. He threw like three solid innings. And we were like, oh, yeah, King Felix. He's back, baby. Oh, I was so ready to, to, to be part of the King's Court at Truist Park. Oh, it was going to be phenomenal. It was going to be great. And then, you know, COVID happened and things got weird. And, uh, you know, it is, it is kind of funny how, so, our, you know, our very first season, like you said, was, was all out of sorts, you know, because of COVID and the late. Scott for Scott's here. You ever want to grow new grass faster? Kind of like when you press the two times playback button on your podcast so you can speed through episodes. Except it's Scott's turf builder, Rapid Grass. You're speeding your way from a thin and damaged lawn to a thicker, stronger one in just weeks. Bit too fast, maybe slow it down, okay. Let's just go back to normal speed. Get a bag of Scott's turf builder, Rapid Grass today. It grows grass two times faster than seed alone when applied at the new lawn rate, subject to proper care. Feed your lawn. Feed it. Start and you know and all all that jazz, but hey, we made it to the NLCS game seven. Didn't quite get the ending that we wanted. And then last year we started on time. Uh, opening day was on time. We covered every single game that we played last year, for which up until about the middle of August was an absolute drag. Every single week, week in week out on this show, and then we went and just won the whole damn thing. So um, why? Because why not? Because why, why not? You know, because, because Alex, let, you... let me let me ask you this. Let, let me let yes. me let me take a take a tangent real quick. Okay, <clears throat> we're we're gonna get we're gonna get deep here, folks. Alex, Ooh. how has how has your life changed since the Braves won the World Series? Oh boy, um, <laughs> uh, I I. I probably did a couple other podcast appearances that I wouldn't have normally done. Right. Um, uh, I, I, I no longer have to entertain any uh, snide comments in regards to Atlanta's sports curse. Right. Right. Um, so that's a plus a big one. Um, I, Almost every single day wear some sort of paraphernalia uh, of Braves World Championship gear. Nice, nice. Um, I feel like there's one you're going to drop on me that I'm missing. What What do you got? I, I mean, nothing really. Like, I, it, it is funny that I, I feel like, and, and I suppose this happens every year with every team, but I feel like I definitely see more Braves fans in public now. Um, which I, I'm sure is a different case for you because you live in the greater Atlanta metro area. So, yeah, I mean, whether the Braves are good, bad, or ugly, I'm going to run into Braves fans around here. Right, right. So, like, I, I would say that up here in my neck of the woods, I definitely I see more Braves hats and shirts and stuff, you know, out in public more often now, which is cool. Um, I tell you, the one thing that, like, I, I super just appreciate about winning the World Series is knowing that for the next year or, you know, until the next World Series champion is crowned, no fan base has anything on us. No, nothing. Period. Nothing. nothing. Not a thing. Because at any point... Although, although I feel like you've run into some Cardinals fans in the last couple of months who would argue that point. Okay, okay. Let, let me let me say the thing about it. <laughs> Here we go, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. And he's off. And he's off. If you are ever, ever so curious about what fan base 
thinks the world revolves around themselves more than any other, it is without a doubt the Cardinals fan. So not long ago, I brought up the topic that the 2011 World Series logo, without a shadow of a doubt, is the worst one ever designed from a design standpoint. That is all I said, that creatively it is the worst logo of any World Series. It's all and, and, and that is objectively true. Yes, it, it is. And I had plenty of people, you know, agree Even those, with me. those like 70s old Western style logos, I like so much better than 2011. Yeah, because, I mean, they're, they're a relic of their time. This was mm-hmm. like they, they tried to get cute with it, and there's a reason they only stuck with that format for one year because it was just so bad, okay? And so suddenly I start having Cardinals fans in my mentions talking about that apparently I'm still salty because, A, the Cardinals are the reason that the Braves didn't make the postseason that year, B, the uh, the infield fly game net the, net the following season, and then C, the 10-run ru- game, uh, just a couple of years ago. First off, no, that's not why I brought that logo up. Because if that was the reason for me disliking a logo, that it was the last World Series that your team won and I just have it out for you that bad, then that says more about me than anything else. But Absolutely. two, yeah, but two, again, I was saying that the logo looked bad. I don't care that your team won it. I, if, I, I say this, if the Braves had won it that year, I would still say that that's a bad logo. Like, I wouldn't be a, all of a sudden a turncoat and saying, no, man, it's the greatest World Series logo ever. Like, no. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Look, I, I, I'm a designer. <laughs> I can have opinions on things, okay? Absolutely. It's just a, it's just a logo. Yeah. But, but, just... to, but to that and point. And it's not even a logo that belongs to the Cardinals. Right, right, exactly. So to bring it like back full circle, that case in point with that, my immediate rebuttal was, I literally do not care what happened in those seasons. We just won the World Series. Do not care. So that that's yeah. been, that's been that's been fun. Yeah, yeah, and that's and, and that's the thing. Like even beyond this year, I, I think we've got at least at least five years of not having to take any crap from anybody in regards to Atlanta sports. No, I mean, hell, the Nationals are still riding the wave of their World Series. Yeah, and good for them. They deserve it. Yeah, absolutely they do. Better believe I'm going to do the exact same thing. Yeah, but the difference is we're not going to be as bad as the Nationals are currently. Right, yeah, we're going to be good for longer. We're not immediately going to go into rebuild. Uh, I hope. Um, just had to throw that in there so I don't look back on this episode in a long time and wonder why I said that. Um, so, uh, so we got to get to the elephant in the room, guys. Uh, there is currently uh, a lockout going on, and thus there is no spring training right now, and there will not be regular season games starting on time. Uh, A loose timeline back in December, the owners locked the players out once their CBA expired uh, and then did not meet with the players until, was it late January, early February, Cam? Uh, It was was late Uh, January. Late January. 
So they they did nothing for a solid month and a half, um, and then came to the table, and I, I don't know too many people who like the way that uh, that that Major League Baseball was negotiating, because when we we would get reports of all of these back and forths uh, from the negotiating table, so the 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 players would say that they want. Um, just throwing out numbers here, a bonus pool of say 250 million, but the owners wanted 45 million. So the players said, okay, we'll go down to say 220 million. And the owners would say, um, we'll, we'll go to, we'll go to, we'll go to 46 million. So the player, the players would make real concessions and the owners would make these these little BS concessions that didn't actually amount to anything and claimed to be negotiating in good faith, which they clearly were not. So move on from there, the owners request uh, mediation. Uh, so basically to put this dispute in front of uh, a government mediator uh, to which the, the players refused thankfully, um, and actually refused a second time when the owners tried to do that again. And so here we are, having passed the owner's imaginary made-up deadline of needing to have an agreement before games get canceled. And we do know that the owners and players are meeting again on Sunday, uh, but I don't think any of us are terribly optimistic that anything's going to get done at that point. So we we don't we don't know when we're gonna have baseball back. Um, the owners aren't particularly compelled to start the season anytime soon, really, because as many people have reported, April is their 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 lowest grossing month to begin with. Hardly anybody goes to games for cold weather teams in April. Uh, and, and fans just need a chance, I guess, to get into it. So the owners aren't losing anything by missing April's entire slate of games. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. I don't know where we go from here, Cam. Um, but what I do know is that you told me you were uh, you wanted to have a little rant on uh, on Mr. Rob Manfred. Ooh. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't. So. To your point, yes, it, it feels like both sides currently are as just as distant from each other as they have been from the get go. And and I tell you, the whole the whole waiting till mid to late January thing really irks me. And I keep kind of going back to that because number one, you locked the players out on December second, and then you did not communicate for nearly seven weeks. Nothing. Not a negotiation, not a meeting, not a thing. But then the moment that you start meeting, you begin implementing a time constraint on when a deal has to be reached. So that, you know, that strike one for me is that you caused the rush. You know, I, I said to you the other day, that this whole deadline thing is self-imposed, pure and simple. 
that, you know, having a quote unquote deadline of 5 p.m. on the 28th or then 5 p.m. on March 1st is pulled out of thin air to an extent because you made the decision to impose that despite the fact that you had time before you actually started meeting to still meet. And the whole negotiating in good faith thing, it, it, it's just, as you said, it's just, it's complete and utter BS. It, it really is. You know, the difference between $1 million and $1 billion, I think, is often lost on most people. You, you look at a baseball player and you say, ah, He's a millionaire. He makes millions. Yes, he does, but he also has a very limited window of time in which he can make that money as a career. He is also yes. a very limited number of people that can make that as a career. And let me throw this out there real quick, uh, just to further explain the difference between a million and a billion. Um Think of how, how, however much you make, the person listening to this, however much you make, multiply that times a thousand. Yeah. And would you call that uh, a, a healthy salary? You would. That, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty steep. No matter if you're making 20 grand, you're making 200 grand. If someone's making a thousand times more than you, um in your in your line of work essentially too um there's something to be said about that if someone a level or two above me at my job is making a thousand times more than i am that's not right well and and just and just to break it down even further just you know the, the core economics of this entire thing is that when you look at baseball revenues how they have skyrocketed over the past few years 2020 notwithstanding but then on average baseball salaries have gone down each of the last few years in any other industry which we are currently seeing whether it's across you know automotive manufacturing big tech what have you this is still very much that same fight that we're seeing in everyday life for normal people of why is it that this company's revenues are through the roof, but in no way am I being qualified for any type of raise. And let's not act like the players are asking for the world. They are asking for fair compensation to what money is being brought in by them. And, and the other thing is when, when, the average person thinks about a baseball player and what they make. What immediately comes to mind are the monster contracts, right? The, 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 the Garrett Cole contracts and, and things like that, where they're making hundreds of millions of dollars. Those kinds of players, I don't think are the ones that they're fighting for here. The, the players that they're really fighting for are, are recent call-ups and, uh, and players making the minimum and minor leaguers and, and all of these guys who you don't think a lot about when you're thinking about players and what they make. But, I mean, you have minor leaguers making less than 500 bucks a week and, and can't possibly, you know, provide for themselves without having another job. 
So they're going to be a pro baseball player and have another job, but you're still expecting them to commit their entire life to, to, to eating the way they need to, training the way they need to, and you're paying them less than 500 bucks a week. So something obviously needs to change in that scenario. And, and, and you know, are, are negotiations a part of life? Yes, absolutely they are. But I hope that, you know, most people can look at these negotiations and see that this is not a both sides dilemma. It, it, it just, it simply is not. Um, I, I, I don't know. It, it's, I, this is probably, this is the most frustrated I feel like I've ever been as a fan, as a fan of professional baseball, just in general. Um, you know, to think that the current momentum of the sport, you know, has, th- has this big of a shadow on it is insanely frustrating. And, and, I, and I'll, I'll give you a personal example. And Alex, you already know this, but I'll give you a personal example. And, and things could still change. Who knows? But as it stands right now, for years, my dad and I have talked about taking a trip to spring training, going down to Florida for, you know, a few days, catching a few games, that, that sort of thing, making the rounds, you know, and just enjoying that experience as thousands of people do every single year. Well, this year, we made the plan to, hey, let's do it. We know there's a lockout, but let's go ahead and just let's just get our tickets. You know, we know there's a refund clause. We'll go ahead and grab our tickets. We'll plan the trip out toward the end of March, right before the actual season starts. Hey, my 14-year-old nephew, he's never really been into sports or baseball before, but when we told him what we were thinking about doing, he was super excited to go. He said it sounded interesting. We felt this was like a great opportunity for him to come with us, hang out with us. Um and my dad and I knew the inherent risk of us going ahead and buying the tickets, knowing that, you know, there's negotiations, there's a lockout right now and everything. So this past week, for us to have to explain to my nephew that the trip might not happen because of these reasons, for somebody who's looking to get into the sport, you know, who, who's looking to, you know, become a fan for all of a sudden, for him to have this seed planted in his brain of, well, you know, at the end of the day, these, you know, this whole baseball thing, gosh, it's this finicky about money and everything. They're not even going to play now. What does that do for him, you know, a few years down the road when he wants to become a bigger fan? And, yeah, sure, like we can take him to minor league games and, you know, and stuff like that, but something like this is going to stick with him. Because he was he was very disappointed that this trip might not happen now. So just from a, just from a PR standpoint, man, this this whole thing is just a nightmare. It truly is. And then the PR manipulation that the owners group and, and Manfred has pulled over the past two weeks is just it, it's it's sickening. It really is to be feeding information at the uh, at the eleventh hour on February twenty eighth that negotiations were picking up steam and things are going great. We met till 2 a.m. We're coming back in the morning. This is the closest I have, we've I have been. To, I have to interject here yes. uh, because you, you missed a very important part of that, I think. Um, Rob Manfred was uh, feeding information to the media at the 11th hour, but he wasn't just feeding information to the media. Rob Manfred was feeding information to Bob Nightingale. Boob. 
Boone Nightingale himself was the one that all of us as fans were glued to Twitter until two in the morning for because we we he's he was clearly getting information and he was the one he was really the only one out there relaying anything to us. So myself included even fell for it. I thought that the most consistently inaccurate baseball reporter was the one that was giving us the news that everything was going to be okay. And I believed it and I woke up the next morning and it all went to hell. So it's not just that he was feeding information to the media. It's, it's specifically that it was Bob freaking Nightingale. And so, you know, all of that aside, you know, having the rug pulled out from under you, so to speak, about, oh, we're really close. Uh, never mind. No, we're not. When you get away from that and you, you ask the why of why was that information being fed, you realize that, oh, that information is being thrown out there. So then on March 1st, when the deal doesn't come to fruition, it looks like it's on the players. And exactly. it just that's what it, this whole thing is designed to do. It's so gross and it is so slimy. I, I I don't know. It is it's incredibly frustrating. Will we have baseball this year? I think so. I'm I'm pretty sure we will. Will it be anytime soon? I really don't know. Will it be a full season? Almost certainly not. No, no. I don't know, guys. The 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 one the one silver lining to kind of hold on to is that once once there is an agreement because we're 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 kind of assuming that at some point there will be an agreement this isn't going to be the end of baseball as we know it um is that when there is an agreement the 48 hours immediately following the agreement being signed are going to be the craziest two days of free agent frenzy anyone has ever seen in any sport. Oh, yeah. I, I, I honestly expect a billion dollars or more to be spent in a day. Like, like it's going to be that crazy. Because, I mean, obviously the, the lockout happened far before uh, anything was wrapped up with free agency. So there are tons and tons and tons of players, many of whom were on the Braves World Series roster, that don't have contracts right now, that aren't on a baseball team. I feel like I should say the name Freddie Freeman at this point. Um, he's, he's, current, he's currently a man without a country. He, he's not, he doesn't have a contract. He's not a professional baseball player. As of March fifth, twenty twenty two. Yeah, yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a frenzy for sure, and it, it it does make me wonder. The hottest stove you've ever seen. Like how how soon after the okay, an agreement has been reached, a lockout is being lifted. How quickly soon after do we get the first free agent contract splash, or is it a situation where? Um, free or the lockout is being lifted at 5 p.m. tomorrow or something like that, where everybody kind of gears up. I I, I don't know. I, I feel like 
I feel like teams, at least the front offices, like the Alex Anthopoulos of the world, understand the urgency and have been preparing for the immediate aftermath of a deal being signed. So I, I, I mean, the second they can sign somebody, they're going to start signing people. And it's right. going to be, it's, it, honestly, I feel like it's going to be less of like, you know, uh, the, the regular shopping market that free agency is and more of just who can sign player X the quickest. Yeah. It's going to be fun. I, I, it's going to be I expect fun. absolute madness and I can't wait for it. And you can bet your bottom dollar. We're going to be right here for you to, to pass along all the cool news we find. Uh, but for the time being, we got another segment to go to. Cam, how about we take a look at some some baseball from the past, since we have no baseball of the present? Let's do it. All right, guys, before we jump into our next segment, I want to take a quick break to remind you that Chatting Average is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Tons of people take a multivitamin, and it's important to choose one of the top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. Wake up! This special blend of ingredients helps to support gut health, the nervous system, immune system, energy recovery, focus, and aging. It's lifestyle-friendly, adapting to a wide range of diets. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals, or artificial anything. Plus, it costs less than $3 a day. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during cold and flu season like we're in now. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you one free year supply. That's one year, 365 days of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And another reminder, Chatting Average is also brought to you by ColorCast. Hey, a few folks joined me on ColorCast just this past week. Shout out to all those who made that night very fun. But ColorCast, as you know, is a live audio-only sports talk platform. It's free to download and free to use. You can talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news, of course. I love the app. It's it's super fun and super easy to use. Uh, a few friends of the show, like I mentioned, jumped on with me the other night. We had a tremendous time. All you have to do is download the ColorCast app. It is free in the iOS app store. Create a profile, link to your Twitter, and join our group. You can follow me at HeyCam93, and you'll be notified when my room goes live. Alex and I are taking turns going live every single Wednesday night at 8.30. That is Wednesday night, 8.30 on the ColorCast app. Come join us for an hour where we chat about the Braves, baseball, whatever else. Heck, we talked about Batman movies for an hour the other night. We had a great time doing it. Come at us with your spiciest takes. Download ColorCast today. And now, let's get to our next segment. All right, we're going to jump into this week in baseball history. 
As always, you can find these facts at nationalpastime.com. And the week we're going to be looking at is March 7th through the 13th. Our first fact comes to us from March 7th, 2006. In their World Baseball Classic debut, Team USA blanks Mexico 2 to nothing. Home runs by Derek Lee and Chipper Jones, along with Jake Peavy and a bevy of relievers combining to throw a four-hitter, proved to be the difference as the United States defeats their neighbors from the south of the border. So, man, we really, I, I, I wish there was WBC this year. That's, okay. that's really what we need right now. It, it's, it's so much fun. Like, it is. Oh, it is great. an absolute electric factory. It's great. Yeah, it, I mean, and, and anytime you get into truly international competition like that, in a sport that doesn't always feature international competition, it's really cool. It's like uh, like the Ryder Cup in golf. It's like it just it just takes it up to a completely different level. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's always a lot of fun. The atmosphere is always great. The fans are always great because oftentimes, you know, these games are being played for fan bases who don't get to see baseball players of this caliber. Yeah. Um, not to yeah. say that, like, they don't have baseball, you know, pretty routinely, but, you know, they don't get to see major league caliber players, you know, from all over the world playing every single day. So, Yeah. It's always cool. It's always neat. I look forward to when we have it again. How All often right. do they do that? Is it an every four-year thing? Maybe, but I feel like we should have had it again already. Right? Well, if they did it in 2006, then they would be doing it this year if it was every four years. Huh. Well, the, last, the last time they did it was in 2017. They were supposed to have had it last year. Oh. Yeah. The fifth was scheduled for 2021, but postponed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. So, I don't know. Maybe we'll get it next season. Yeah, maybe. I'll take it. All right. Our next fact comes to us from March 9th, 1948. Ted Williams accepts Babe Didrikson Zaharias's challenge to compete with her on a driving contest at a local driving range. The former Olympic track star turned golf champion playfully teases the Red Sox superstar, giving him pointers when the kid slices most of his drives as her shots go straight and usually longer. (laughs) So it's kind of fun to know that Ted Williams was actually human. Oh, yeah, it's it's great. Like, you know, I'm a tennis guy. I don't know if you'll you'll get the reference but uh but back in the 70s uh a, play, a tennis player named billy jean king uh had a, a a big match that they put on prime time against a guy named bobby riggs uh who was this grossly misogynistic guy who said that no woman in history could beat him right and then of course billy jean king goes out there and whoops on him spanked him yeah yeah that's good stuff it's good stuff although i'll say this about ted Knowing what we know about him when it came to like fishing, I feel like if he had really devoted time to learning the game of golf, he would have become a phenomenal golfer. Like, you know, the, the oh, sure. some, some guys just have it. Yeah. And, and, like, and the thing about Ted is that he was just a student of everything that he did. 
Yeah, and and I mean, we've all run into into people like that where, like, if Ted Williams had been a garbage collector, he would have been the greatest garbage collector of all time, bar none. Like right. anything, anything they those type of people do, they're going to excel at just because they have that whatever the personality trait is that uh, that drives you that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. It, you know, there, there's something to be said, and, and it's really interesting when you start looking into like the psychology of athletes and, and, and you know, and people like that. They really are a different breed mentally. Um, you know, you, you listen to a guy like a Tiger Woods or a Chipper Jones talk, you know, there's a reason that they come across as arrogant as they do because that's really how they feel. And if they didn't, well, and you act almost that way, have to be to get to that kind of a point. Yeah, you really do. I, you know, I'll, I'll never, I'm not one to ever bash an athlete for being cocky or being confident because I truly believe it is just a different mindset for somebody to reach the level that they're at. Unless they play for a team I don't like, in which case all bets are off. I'm looking at you, Alec Bohm. All right. Our next. <laughs> Our next fact comes to us from March 11th, 1961. At Palm Springs, former President Dwight Eisenhower is a no-show at the Angels' first-ever exhibition game, an 8-3 victory over the Cubs. Ike had been scheduled to throw out the ceremonial first pitch, but decided to go fishing instead. (laughs) So... Can you blame a guy... I, I, this 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 line just kind of cracked me up. Like he's supposed he's supposed to be there to throw. He's the president. He's supposed to be there to throw at the ceremonial first pitch, you know, for this baseball team or whatever. And it's like the president's not here. Oh no, what's wrong? He's fishing. <laughs> oh man. Let's see what year was it? It was 1961, okay? So, so he's like, <laughs> sorry, guys, the president couldn't make it here today. He's, he's got a big one on the, end of his, on the end of his line. Wait, what do you mean? Is something going on in Vietnam? No, literally, it's a, it's a largemouth. <laughs> All right. Our oh, you know he was in the bag out on that boat, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Our final fact comes to us from March 13th, 1986. All right, so Alex, what is the most famous father-son baseball duo that played together? The Griffies. Right, right. Okay. So I I believe that will be everybody's answer when it comes to that question. But here's a fun one. Uh, 1986, designated hitter Hal McRae, 39, and Brian, his 18-year-old second baseman's son, played together in a Royals preseason game against the Phillies at Terry Field, becoming the first father and son combination appearing as major league teammates. Kansas City manager Dick Hauser refers to the pair as a Big Mac attack. (laughs) A phrase which we would hear later on in the 90s quite a lot. Oh, man. I haven't had a Big Mac attack in a while, but uh, it's, it's a real thing. It'll get you. Oh yeah, it'll get you. But there, there's some there's some fun little trivia for you about uh, who were the first father son duo to actually play with each other. So 
Hal McRae. I'm, as trying, always, I'm trying to think of another one besides that and and the Griffins. I, it's it's just not coming to mind. Other son. The, the Guerreros were a little too far apart to to do it. Obviously, the Tatises were as well. But pretty Sorry, much the I'm... entire Blue Jays team's dads played in the <laughs> in Major League Baseball, and uh, none of them played together. Yeah, it is. It is funny. Um, so I, I don't know if we can come up with a definite answer to that. But uh, apparently, there have been over two hundred father and son combinations who have made it to the Major League level. Like not played, oh. not played at the same time, but over two hundred sure. different father and sons. I feel like you see that more in baseball than than you do anywhere else, any other sport. Like, like think of football or basketball players whose dads also played that same sport. There, there aren't that many of them. I mean, the Mannings are probably the most infamous ones in football, right? Uh, yeah, the Mannings. Uh, I'm thinking of the uh, of the Curries, Dell and then yeah. Steph and Seth. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there's not a ton that come to mind, whereas in baseball, off the top of my head, I could name you like five, right, that are currently playing. Yeah, it is interesting. It is interesting. Well, this has been This Week in Baseball History. Do with that useless knowledge what you will. All right, guys, a couple of shout-outs before we sign off for the day. Um, Want to shout-out uh, our, our friends – uh, Dusty and Rob's new podcast, they have a podcast called Graded Rookies. Uh, so look that up anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, earlier in the show, I'd mentioned that uh, during the, the time off, I I'd started collecting baseball cards a bit. And I actually won a drawing from the Graded Rookies podcast. And they sent me uh, an autographed uh, Dale Murphy card. So instantly the coolest card in, in my collection. So Huge thank you to those guys, and, and definitely be sure to go check them out. Uh, but but back to some of our own housekeeping. Um, in, uh, in case you guys have been living under a rock or just forgot, we have a store where you can check out some really cool Braves-themed T-shirts. It's teespring.com slash stores slash Chatting Average Podcast. So go and check those out. We got a ton of great shirts. Fire Manfred is hot in the streets right now. Go find that one. That is uh, that is on there. Um, and if you just feel like supporting the show, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash chatting average. You can sign up. Uh, we, we have some exclusive patron-only episodes on there uh, that, that you can only hear if you sign up. So make sure you go and check that out. And lastly, once again, got a shout-out, Sports Drink, who brings you this show, your digital water cooler, Make sure to go check out their uh, their Instagram or their Twitter. It is at Sports Drink. It's spelled S-P-R-T-S-D-R-N-K. Like Sports Drink, but without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're, we're trying not to let the funk out. We want the funk. Gotta have that funk. Ow. All right, guys. Well, uh, well it's, it's great to be back. We love sharing this episode with you. Really hope that by the time we get around to recording episode two of season three, there's a little more baseball news to talk about. But you'll find all that out next week on a brand new episode of the Chatting Average Podcast. Bye!
has been the Chatting Average Podcast, brought to you by Sports Drink. Be sure to check out our merchandise store at teespring.com slash stores slash Chatting Average Podcast. And please consider becoming a patron of our show at patreon.com slash Chatting Average. We'll see you next week for another brand new episode. <laughs>